Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Bugle. The castle rises above the bleak moors, dark and glowering in the dusk as a single rider appears, first as a speck on the horizon, a plume of dust rising above his silhouette, and then slowly thundering closer, emerging to the naked eye as a ragged man on horseback. His lathered steed has the rangy lines of a courier's mount. You order the drawbridge lowered, your men hastily obey, the man and his beast clatter to a halt in the courtyard, and he dismounts, falling to one knee, presenting a scroll. What news, man? My liege, he pants. This is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper of visual world. I am your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Alex Keeley and John Luke Roberts. Let's jump into the top stories this week. Um, Our top, top story this week is recycling news. This is the news that monkeys are using shoes as sex toys. That's 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 a real thing. (laughs) <laughs> this is part of a series of, of stories that people keep sending us of things that monkeys use as sex toys. And eventually I've just folded because I don't want people to keep sending me these stories. Apparently they use rocks as sex toys. Apparently they use, I assume, other smaller animals that can't get away. I don't know. Um, but there are, there, are, there are male and female macaques in a temple in Bali who are pretty rampantly horny. Alex Keeley, this is your first gargle. Can you unpack this story <laughs> for us? Pretty worried why you said Alex Keeley before. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, the thing that I really enjoyed with it is what, there's one sentence where it just said, unlike our own species, um, masturbation uh, rarely leads to actual ejaculation for other male animals, which is... Um, such a, like, boastful... I found that such a boastful thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, like a really pathetic, like other skills thing on humanity's CV that 
Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. We come everywhere at anything so much the Bible tells us not to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, scientists have been watching monkeys masturbate, yeah. like scientists do. Yeah. They've been, they're, they're well-fed monkeys. And what do you do why... for a job? <laughs> <laughs> um, me? <laughs> no, you're a monkey scientist. I thought you were, you were trying to draw a light, like comics no, no, in some no. way, similar to scientists in watching monkeys. No, no, comedians are the masturbating we are the, monkeys. Yes, we're the, we're the masturbators ourselves. Reviewers are the scientists in this instance, yes. watching the monkeys masturbate. <laughs> That's a great name for a memoir. Watching the monkeys masturbate <laughs> by Brian Logan. <laughs> They use rocks Red and like a three. <laughs> <laughs> because they're provided with food, that means that they don't need to find food and they can spend more time on their hobbies. Which, <laughs> and like if, if masturbation isn't, isn't a hobby, then what is it? <laughs> True. Yeah. You don't get paid for it. I don't get paid for it. So I mean, yeah, you'd have to get on OnlyFans yes, and can, monkeys can't can use tools that well. Um, yeah. <laughs> with the lock, the fingerprint lock screen, uh, lock screen is sort of finished. <laughs> they described it as um, tool-assisted masturbation. Like the idea of that, just yeah. whacking it with a hammer, seeing what happens. <laughs> I mean, we know, like, this is the problem. As as a tool using species, we now have a real insight into our own past. It's like, oh, we used tools first to make fire or to carry. No, we didn't. That is not what we used tools first for. We used tool. We found a, a horny looking bone. <laughs> it's it's sex it. toys wheel suitcase suitcase <laughs> with wheel. <laughs> sex toys in suitcase with wheel. Exactly, like. uh, sentient sex toy with a suitcase that has <laughs> wheels. Carries itself around after you asking to be masturbated with. We may finally have an answer to the question of if an infinite number of monkeys were given an infinite number of typewriters, <laughs> what would they do? They'd all just rub them on the genitals. <laughs> Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the inexorable march of time. The inexorable march of time coming for you today. And for our first trillion time customers, a free existential crisis at any hour of your choosing between 1 and 4.30 a.m. After 4.30 a.m. you just have to get up. That's the rule. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Gym, where big men go to self-medicate against depression since 500 BC. Come, leave your sweat with us today. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sweat. Your body's answer to half a glass of water. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now it's time for our next top story. This is our art news section. Uh, John Luke, you're our art correspondent. Mm -hmm. This is the story that artists are arguing about who first 
committed this act of art mm -hmm. of, of taping a piece of fruit to a wall. Mm -hmm. um, you're a big uh, rival of many other artists, yeah. gatherer of vendettas. Can you unpack this story? Please? Yeah. So an artist called Maurizio Catalan, I think, or, or, or something like that. Um, <laughs> he has been selling for over $100,000 instructions on how to tape a banana to a wall with duct tape to make a piece of art which he names comedian, which I find insulting. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but about 20 years ago, someone called Joe Morford did the same thing with a synthetic banana and an orange uh, where he duct taped the banana to the wall. It's been pointed out legally they are at the same angle as he <laughs> and the tape is roughly in the middle. Um, but I, so I don't think there's a question about who did it first. There's just a question about has any... Uh, copyright infringement been committed and because it's an idea there probably probably hasn't no um but i i mean uh yeah it's a i'm uh, <laughs> I, I, it seems to sort of come down to that's a terrible idea and you stole it from me <laughs> <laughs> how dare you successfully monetize yeah. my crap idea <laughs> That's the key thing with bananas, though. If they are straight duct taped mm -hmm. to the wall, that's quite serious. But if it's like that, it's a kind of sideways glance of the news where it's just, yeah, it's just sort of a, like a skew, like a sort of yeah. a Commentary. And then if you write, this is not a banana, but it is a banana. Maybe, of course. <laughs> then you open a gap in the space-time continuum. <laughs> it might be a way of stopping uh, monkeys masturbating all the time. Because if they have to like, work out how to get the duct tape off, they wouldn't be so yeah, satisfied yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, the food they've been given. I've got a question for you, John. Yeah. Are you... Um, you write that Joe Morford is coming for you because in your uh, poster from four years ago, don't you have banana duct tape to your head? Oh, I do. Oh, I, oh, I do have a banana duct tape. So to you're, my head. you're screwed, mate. Oh, no. he's coming for you. I can, does, your, does your head constitute a wall? I can say <laughs> I, I definitely did not make a hundred thousand dollars from that show. Um, oh no, I don't want to be sued by Joe Morford. Actually, it might be good for. Publicity. publicity, yeah. Yeah, not even comedians are stealing, not not even artists are stealing my art. I was in or a not even fine artists. I was in a cafe the other day with a fr friend of mine. There were a bunch of American actors next to us. And my friend leaned over and said, ah, Americans in a cafe, the podcast you can't turn off. <laughs> uh, so one of them said to the other, who do you have to kill around here to do good publicity? And then they started planning a murder. <laughs> Amazing. Because <laughs> they're like, I just can't get in, like, can't get, can't get in any newspapers. Like, do we need to do something really awful. <laughs> and they were sort of joking, but also they were Americans. Can I raise a banana mystery? Yes. Um, on the, on the, that street performance here in yes. Edinburgh, where we are in the Edinburgh Fringe, I've seen several different street acts doing the same thing with like a little music box and loop pedals and things, making music and like dropping beats and that kind of thing. I think maybe a bit of beatboxing. Different people dressed as bananas doing it. Oh, so it's the new, this is the newest thing, maybe. Maybe, I mean, uh, can we tape them to a wall and see who gets off first? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's coincidence. Or... And when so I say like gets off, this, we're talking about the monkey No, it's like when you get a juggler or a fire perform. It's one of those kind of setups where, you know, they just turn up in the street and then, you know, they do the ballot with the other street performers and they get that time at that point of day. But why the banana? Why, what is the association between bananas and, um, and dropping beats? Although I suppose you would drop a banana skin... As I was saying before, we need to tape them all to a wall and mm -hmm. see who gets off first. Gets off first, like and the by, monkeys. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think you you could? Um, would it be that you tape a massive man in a banana peel to the wall and then that you label it like Westminster rather than comedy? And that's, oh, that's like a kind of it's pretty satirical, hard, yeah, hard hitting, hard, yeah, hard edge, furiously hitting. I'm going to do that, and then you're going to have to sue me to uh, great. 
to get the money you deserve. <laughs> I mean, why don't we set up a, a some sort of horrible court case for next year so we can all get publicity, where we all name our show the same thing or something? Should we, which we could do a sort of... Um, uh, I sue you, you sue John Luke, John Luke sues me, kind of like all mutually reinforcing PR. What thing. name? I think we should all call it Alice Fraser something. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Fraser versus the, the people of this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alice Fraser, litigator. That's all the time we have for our art news now because now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week our guest editors bring in something to review out of five stars. Uh, John Luke, what have you brought in for us? I have bought an experience that I had today. Mm. Um, it was raining, it was 8am in the morning I was sitting in the cafe uh, somebody walked past with an umbrella over their head but I couldn't see that and the hands were free so the umbrella was just over their head but they weren't holding on to any stick and I realised what they, they zipped it inside the front of their jacket so the stick of the umbrella was in their clothes and the umbrella was, was obscuring their head but keeping them dry uh, and I was initially horrified by this it was sort of a terrible biblical horror a kind of awe <laughs> that, that such a thing could happen this was before i really realized exactly how it had gone on then i was delighted when i realized what had happened a shimmering shining delight and then i was heartbroken i'd never see this person's face or i'd never be able to put a face to the person who'd been able to create such a a wonderful um moment for me i don't know if i cried because the rain meant that <laughs> to, to tell but I, I certainly like i felt a deep sense of loss when they were gone and the experience had disappeared uh, even though in the depths of that loss i could feel hope and you see, I've always felt the pressure to conform in public. And so I thought I couldn't do this myself. This would be so hard for me to do. But it gave me hope that maybe there was uh, an access point for me in the future to experience something like that. And I could be as brave as them because, of course, the obscurity, the anonymity of it would give me that, that thing. So it was a really like, transformative, beautiful experience for me. Um, so I give that three stars. <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, was Meryl Streep there just explaining to you that although that you found that like a bizarre thing now in three or four seasons time you would be wearing that and you don't understand the kind of um, the normative way in which fashion progresses that I wish she had <laughs> I wish she had said that she could have cheapened the experience of art to the experience of fashion for me but unfortunately <laughs> Meryl Streep was not there. Uh, Alex Keeley, what have you brought in for us to review? I'm reviewing the smell of my uh, venue. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Uh, Let's contextualise this in, in, the, in the midst of an 11-day bin strike. Yeah, your yeah. venue is still pungent. Well, I, yeah, I, think it's, yeah, I think it's very important to say that I think, um, you know, it didn't need the kind of nitrous oxide boost of the bin strike. It was already a very strong contender, I think, <laughs> prior to industrial action. So yeah, in a strong contender, I think the aroma of the of room on the hive has put in a selling performance and it's my tip for appalling smell of Edinburgh 2022 uh, when the nominations are announced this afternoon. Run, don't walk down the cobbles of Nidri Street to experience the the opposite of a sensory deprivation tank. Um, sure, the floors are sticky, but have you wondered if air itself could have the texture of stickiness? Uh, wonder no more. When watching a show there, you won't be able to avoid the elephant in the room, namely that it smells like an elephant died in that room. <laughs> and so I give it uh, five for breezes out of a possible five for breezes. I think that's my, yeah. my, my start rating. The thing is, as soon as you mentioned the smell of your venue, I knew exactly which venue you were talking about. <laughs> it's that the smell has been there for years and it's never been removed. It's like vomit mixed with vodka, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's 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 gross. And I mean, look, do I? I know, mean, these flavored vodkas have come one step too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's just time travel vodka, the taste of the future. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our reviews section. Now it's time for evolution news. This is the story of a creature that is all mouth and no anus. 
Um, Alex Keeley, can you un- un- unpack this story? Can you <laughs> disimpact this story? So, so this is what that is sort of a, 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 an evolutionary ancestor of of us, right? Apparently well, they not. Thought, they, they thought, thought it, it might. Was, be. But it's now not. It's now, they've now reclassified it, so we've lost a kind of distant relative. And that's because of the no bumhole. No, I think the. I'm not sure the bumhole thing is is salient to it. <laughs> I don't know though. I it's a fun Edinburgh show title, I think. Maybe it's because no humans couldn't exist without. But no, I don't believe it. None of our ancestors. The one thing we've always had is a bumhole, and I will stand on that. That's my heel to tie on. To be fair, when you're first uh, when you're first being made, you are just a, a hole. You're just a, a mouth. You're just a little. You're a little donut, which is to say, uh, you know. A tube, and then you just lengthen out and become more complicated. <laughs> but you're essentially just a, a tube from. Oh God, I'm having an existential crisis now. You're, <laughs> you're the smallest bucatini pasta that exists. And yes, then you get and then you stretch out, and it sort of all tangles around and sort of loops you about. You go through fusilli, you go through <laughs> rigatoni, and then you end up as you end up as a, a sort of complex spaghetti um, <laughs> with a few sort of odd bulges in it. Um, Sorry, sorry to break that to you. Hot, uh, hot, horrifying natural process. Yeah, apparently they were originally called deuterostomes, uh, which is us. That that that's what became us, these microscopic creatures. But uh, they they've decided that the little bag bag creature. I'm going to call it a bag creeper, creature rather than a tube creature. Um, is is more part of the uh, spiders slash insects category of stuff. <laughs> I'm a scientist. But they're like super small, right? Less than a millimetre. Yeah. I always think it's so when they're that when they're that small when they're like, yeah, that's a spot spi- that's that's that that's the ancestor of spiders rather than humans. I'm like, is I mean I or, how are they keeping these fossils? They're tiny. Surely you'd lose them before you had a chance to check whether it's got an anus or not. <laughs> yeah, also again, I feel like so many of these these scientific discoveries just allow you to back engineer someone whose job it is to check what has an anus and what doesn't (laughs) (laughs) what's your job i'm an anus analyst yeah it's like you're someone who is overall your job is overall anus inspection but your sub interest is also science i'm an analyst How do you? I mean, I'll leave it to the boffins. But how do they know that it's a mouth, not an anus, and not an anus, and not a mouth? Yeah, how do? They, yeah, maybe that this creature's been upside down all along, and Australia is in fact on top of the world. Have we ever thought about that? Ah, Australia, the anus of the world, <laughs> or yeah, Tasmania, the little hat on top of the world. <laughs> I just think this is fascinating news. So they misanalyzed it as possibly our ancestor, because has little dots around its mouth, which they thought were pores that were sort of pre precursors to gills but then they they realized that they were spines that had dropped off so instead of instead of uh vagina mouth they had penis mouth if you were if you will and that's a spider thing rather than a fish thing that, yeah basically that okay? yeah that's a more in, in, insecty thing rather than a gill thing yeah and wait and so is is fish the way that we get is it like spiders whenever fish <laughs> guys was spiders never fish <laughs> i'm willing to go with that i don't is know i'm happy to like I don't know anything Indoors. about I don't know anything about it. But this is the great thing about the gargle. I find out very I found out I find out this information, very specific information in small pieces over long periods of time. Because I remember their story some time ago that there's five different evolutionary origins for crabs. Yes, but they all end up with crabs. They all end up with crabs. Crabs is a very efficient shape for things to end up as. But you, it doesn't mean you're related. Just because you look like a crab doesn't mean you're related to anything else that looks like a crab. 
So it's one of those like um, you know how like quite annoying twee hipster beer shops have like decision trees outside of their um, shops where it's like oh, tired have a beer not not tired have a beer it's like that except instead of have a beer it ends at crabs yes like every yes every decision just ends at crabs. all roads lead to crab I can't wait for us to turn into crabs it's gonna be so great <laughs> you can't wait you want them to uh, make it snappy <laughs> <laughs> boom. <laughs> Now it's time for our heartwarming slash possibly slightly creepy story that a 91-year-old man from Virginia has fulfilled his dream of becoming an honorary Eagle Scout. Uh, This is a piece of heartwarming news out of America where, you know, they don't like mentioning the things that are not so heartwarming. Uh, John Luke, were you ever an Eagle Scout? No. I I briefly joined the Scouts. I had a lot of fun in Cubs. Went to the Scouts. Then we had to, like, identify, like, walk around collecting leaves. And I thought, I'm done with this. I liked it before when we got to play games. So I snuck out of Scouts very quickly. So I don't have much um, sympathy or empathy with this um, this Robert King. Um, he was 91. If he really is a king. If he really is a <laughs> Robert. Um, he went to a retirement community called Paul Springs, which doesn't sound like a very, you know, what should we, well, let's call it something Springs. Ooh, like uh, Water Springs or Rainbow Springs. Well... Paul, yeah, Paul Springs. <laughs> they sat him down and then they say, apparently this is a system they have. They sit down with a person and say, what are your regrets from life? At <laughs> <laughs> 91, you might get halfway through and keel over. <laughs> is um, And also, Krishi, is, uh, if it's a retirement home, is Paul Springs spelled P-A-U-L or P-L-L-A-L-L? Because then oh, all of those is much grimmer than, that the, would be, <laughs> than, yeah. than the other. Yeah, if it was short for Paul Bearer Springs. <laughs> yeah. um, and they asked him what his regrets were. And he said he had one regret in life. And in the interview, he's crying. He's, he's had one regret in life. I've had about... 33 regrets this year uh. and his one regret is that he never did the work to become an eagle scout and so they made it happen for him to finish off the work he would have had to do to become an eagle scout and they made him a certificate saying bald eagle scout because he's not really allowed to be an eagle scout because he's 91 <laughs> and you have to be 18 or under to be an eagle scout but now he's got a plaque on his wall made by the retirement home because he hung up a birdhouse which is all that was apparently remaining <laughs> on the list of things he had to do before becoming an eagle scout and I don't want to make fun of him I do <laughs> but what a thing to do I bet also I bet like you can tell that it's going to come out that he killed a hitchhiker in his 40s or something but his one regret <laughs> Is that he, he, he never, re- he never reconciled with his son uh, who'd got into scouts and he hadn't. He's quite jealous of that, so he just wants to get into scouts. He doesn't really care about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, oh, that, that's more heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> is it more heartwarming? I don't know. Unless his son said he wouldn't love him unless he was an eagle scout. <laughs> <laughs> In which case his regret would be having such a shit son. God, I wish I was never born or that I was born, but you pre- <laughs> preceding that had made it to eagle scout <laughs> and I didn't have to live with this shame upon my head. Alex Keeley, are you? Did you ever do scouts or anything like that? I did do scouts. I mean, I saw, I saw it was a predominantly like um, a marshmallow delivery mechanism, really, <laughs> rather than anything more substantial. I think all I learned was to eat marshmallows off a campfire, which is not um, not quite not very applicable skill in life. Did they do any of those weird orienteering challenges where they just drop you in the bush with a with a compass and a bottle of water? Um, I think they I do did. that in Australia all the time. It's not okay. <laughs> There should be a much more like urban version of that, right? Given the proportion of the world's population that lives in cities, it's always like, oh, you need to be able to navigate through the bush. It's like, no, in reality, it's like, what if 
what if Google crashes for the day and how do you what how do you, how do you get how do you navigate your city rather than yeah yeah the, no, take away your phone on? yeah take away your phone find your way to the central line yeah you're right when there is a proper underground map is it? yeah 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 okay fine but I just I think there must be an equivalent of, well, I don't know what urban orienteering is. is is that like parkour or what is you know I think urban orienteering is making your way through an awkward conversation with a smelly person on a bus <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, it's like, how do I get through this without somebody losing their temper or their mind? Well, I've got a compass. And... <laughs> <laughs> Here, sir, look at this compass and then you run. That's, that's how you get out of it. Look, all I'll say about the Eagle Scout guy is that I think it's like when um, someone who was in a sketch group gets nominated for the Edinburgh Award as a best newcomer. And I think, no, you're, you're, you're the comedy equivalent of 91. Doesn't care. That, that's true. That's very true. Well, the heartwarming thing about the story is that after all this, like, he, he had a regret that he's not an Eagle Scout. He still isn't an eagle. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. I'm coming to the end of the podcast. I'm flipping through the ads at the back. Uh, flipping through the ads. There's an ad for a, a blue duck, uh, which is a duck that upsets you. Um, and uh, Alex, have you got anything to plug? Uh, the thing I have to plug, I've undermined by my review, but I'm, I've got a show in the Spanish room in Edinburgh, Paul 15 The Hive. It's about Silicon Valley, big tech companies. Well, there's lots of good jokes in it, and I think there's a high gag rate if, if you like that. <laughs> John Luke, what have you got to plug? Well, I'm doing a show at the Edinburgh Fringe for, yeah. I guess, two more days, depending on when this goes out, yeah. called A World Just Like Our Own But, at 335 at Monkey Barrel. Um, which is a fun, silly journey through parallel worlds and a slow, shifting um, pathway through heartbreak. Um, yes, I think I've been plugging your show uh, from my stage every day, and what I say is, it's uh, the premise is that it's a show made of one-liners, more or less, of a world just like our own, but dot dot dot, uh, your eyeballs are gumballs or whatever. But then it sort of turns into a very beautiful and heartfelt meditation on the human condition. Great, that's, or you put it, yeah, yeah. Three stars. That's it, three stars. <laughs> three stars. Three stars. Uh, I am going to be filming my show, Kronos, in London on the 11th of September at the Museum of Comedy at some point in the afternoon, I think it's 4pm. Uh, tickets are available via my website, alicefraser.com. Um, follow me on Twitter at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, also on Instagram, or patreon.com slash alicefraser for a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs, as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons. I've been having very nice salons, live salons here in Edinburgh, which has been actually When you nice. say live, you mean with people? With people. I've just said, come, come and have tea across the road with me. Oh. And I, I get to find out that the people who've been in my Zoom salons have sides and backs to their heads, <laughs> which, you know, I could never what, have been sure of before. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I revolve around them very slowly. If you enjoy the gargle and feel like you've stumbled across a story that would be good on the gargle, send it to us at HelloGarglers on Twitter. We'd like to say thank you to our roving reporters this week. Radomio, who sent in the sex toy shoe monkey story. Valencian, who sent the banana tape to a wall story. And Robert Silito and Sofa Kingmi, who both sent in the all mouth, no anus story. Uh, I would like to note for regular listeners that Valencian is the name of one of the characters in a Dan Lagarde novel. So that's double points <laughs> from me. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com